And welcome to Ethernautica, the actual play podcast combining a Space 1889 and Call of Cthulhu game. I am your game master. And joining me today is Stylus. Hello, how are you? Hey, I am Stylus. <laughs> I realized what I was doing the second I started. It's like, and crap, I can't do that with him here. <laughs> and Mike. Yo. And Kelly. Hi, it's Kelly. <laughs> and all three are present with me right now in the moon base. The secret moon base on the dark side of which moon? I'm not telling. Right next yeah. to the fantasy Costco. Joining me via secret government spy satellite is Keith. Hello! The, these government rations suck. Yes, hopefully we'll have enough money to bring you down from the satellite soon. It's okay, I built robot friends to watch bad movies with me. Hey! As you do. They, they start walking at you going, delete, delete. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Only if he's watching old Doctor Who movies, or old Doctor Who episodes. Wouldn't they be future Doctor Who episodes in this universe? I'm not sure. And joining me from the bottom of the ocean, off the coast of New Zealand, near Raleigh, is Murphy. Hello! Let's start out by acknowledging that we guys, we made it through another campaign. And I think everyone's still alive, right? I may have died on the inside on the way, so... It's okay. That's alright. Don't we all? Yeah, moment of silence. So I'm going to quickly summarize the events of the day after the butler exploded. Basically, the army was called in and they flew in a small airship to kind of secure the area because people heard explosions and like dropped troops like marines down from a line just to secure. What the hell is going on in here? Um, It's Lynn Woods. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So I'm probably going to do these interviews later just for recording purposes because we've got a lot to cover today but the army basically tries to interview you guys as to exactly what the hell happened here easy answer the edison boys (laughs) okay they take that into account yeah we just start throwing dead bodies at them (laughs) look what look what they did they did oh cannot believe this ultimately though even regardless of how cooperative or non-cooperative you guys are they basically just you know it's lynn woods and we kind of figured this out we mostly want to talk to the owner of the house as to why they have an unlicensed death ray in the belfry because no one was informed about this it's just a telescope (laughs) that's fair by the way the eloy that was there when the military showed up phased through a wall and disappeared oh okay so we don't have a <clears throat> seven-foot-tall naked dude in the room again. Nope. I'm going to say, uh, Rose, you are seen to by a military phys- physician and mm. are automatically on the mend. I have five distress. That's going to happen when we sleep. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I need to make you all roll for sanity. So Jameson has two distress points, but since he has compartmentalized mind, they are dealt with later. Yes. Daisuke is the only one who gets an additional four distress points. What do you all do when Zola wakes up? Daisuke probably was dealing with the guards, just throwing dead throwing dead uh, Edisons at, at him. Are you actually throwing corpses at soldiers? I wasn't I wouldn't say throwing. I'm like they're they're looking for explanations. I'm throwing them on their trucks. So it's like how much more evidence do you need? So you're helping them clean up. Yes. We are innocent. Look at all these dead bodies. <laughs> the soldiers are like if only you wrote a haiku for us, we would understand better. <laughs> So, what do you do when Zola wakes up? Hellcat Pauline has been kind of seeing to her, and all of you have been given, like, hot soup and, and medical attention and by the soldiers. 
after being interrogated. What? Bologna sandwiches. Yes, bologna sandwiches. Call back! So she wakes up. Mm-hmm. And she's crying. I will attempt to comfort her. Okay. And tell her to take it easy, which is honestly great because I don't really want her around as much. I'll probably be like waving my, my sonic screwdriver, I mean crystal tool, around her making hmm, 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 noises. Elcat Pauline like pushes you back physically from her, Jameson. Like, she is, like, holding, like, her shoulders and almost, like, rocking her. Like, there, there, it'll be okay. And that's pretty much the tone of voice she's using because she's not really good at, like, comforting people. But she's, like, patting her with her not-busted-ass hand and, like, saying, There, there. It'll be okay. There, there, crying girl. She's like looking to Rose for help. Rose nods because she's in, she, she's trying to encourage this in Hellcat Pauline, but she also realizes that she was not special. What? Because <laughs> this is what she did for Rose, and Rose is like, oh, okay, this is this is Hellcat Pauline. Okay. Hmm. I will <clears throat> make eye contact uh, with uh, Zo- uh, with Zola. Can I use intuition to figure out what like how what her whether or not she wants me to come to her? Yeah. Nine. She would appreciate it. Hmm. Okay. Would she appreciate what I'm about to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if it's a hug, then yes. Dicegate will pick her up. Uh, Hellcat Pauline is basically, like, looking at you like, what are you doing? And I will give her a look, very passive, and I would, I will say, I'm going to take care of her. And I pick her up carefully and put her aside, and I will... I guess kind of stand beside her like I'm guarding her. I want her to have a quiet moment away from everyone else, and I will ask her. I'll look at her directly away from everyone else and say, what do you need? And she will, she'll like whisper to you and it's like, I got lost. I got so so lost. I I got so lost. I I didn't come straight back. There were things. I, I I can't ex- I can't explain. I, I, I can't explain. I can't ex- I can't explain. I can't explain. And she like then like trails off into like Martian and she's like shaking a little bit. And I will take off my hat, reveal the crystal, and say, Do you know what this does? Makes you look really weird when you wear it. <laughs> that is true. I honestly think I work it though. It lets me see inside of your mind. Uh, I, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think I want to do that right now. Okay. If you feel you need someone to share this with. Okay. She's going to lean forward and touch her forehead to it. You see the inside of a huge sandstone cavern, and the walls are what look like carved bookshelves with tablets of some kind all along the walls. There are creatures, conical creatures with tentacles. They have little horns on one tentacle, they have an eye stalk with like mouths on it on another one, they have two large lobster claws on the ends of other tentacles, and they're just kind of walking around and talking with their horns, you know, like the little vuvuzelas, like just being there and they're just honking but you can hear them as if 
you can understand this as speech. And then fast forward through this, and you have the sensation of your mind being ripped out of one of these bodies and sent hurtling through time and space. But instead of waking up in your body, you're disembodied on a vast plane of unclear dimensions. There are shapes like bubbles forming and reforming around you. There are huge beasts that don't look focused. Huge slavering beasts that fortunately don't look like they can see you, but seem like they are attacking all the various shapes and forms that they see. You can see highlighted in beams of light the outlines of things that may be human that are being attacked by these beasts. You see geometric shapes that don't look like they could exist in three dimensions, popping in and out of reality, and then all of a sudden you get sucked back into a body, and you're looking up at soldiers, and then Hellcat Pauline comes down and shushes you, and then you realize you are Daisuke, and you're being flung across a grass field, and you are rolling now for avoid harm. Eight. You fall pretty well, but now uh, roll resistance. <laughs> Three. Oh, <laughs> so close to a botch. Take six stun points. Du I'm knocked out. So Daisuke has rendered himself unconscious. Two Where points past. You're just outside the the uh, the mansion. Oh, okay. I'm two points past wounds. They've set up a little command center. Can I say the whole time knocked out? Smile on my face. <laughs> can, can we make that cannon? Sure. Okay. Lee, what are you doing when the soldiers are basically taking over and doing things? Gambling. Gambling with the soldiers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they take my testimony, I tell them war stories, and then I like your- Cards or dice? Uh, let's do dice, since we conveniently have dice. <laughs> okay. Are you gonna try to cheat? Of course! Okay, alright, alright, alright. So, roll your influence, gambling, covert, and intelligence. 16. So, you have a formidable success. So, I'm going to say- that I took their clothes, too? No. No, you don't have their uniforms. Damn it. <laughs> but let's say you won $100. So while this is going on, uh, and after you guys have been interviewed, Wilson and Gregory are standing on the portico, and you're drinking coffee. And the Japanese man goes off for a moment with the Martian girl, and they are canoodling their foreheads together, and then some force throws the Japanese man across the grass field and he lands in a heap and has rendered himself unconscious. I regret nothing! Gregory is sipping his coffee and says, Huh, novel that! Yes, I dare say that they are a strange and different culture, wouldn't you agree? I find them quite fascinating, to be perfectly honest. I don't really understand what the point of that was, but... Maybe it's some sort of mating display. She does seem a bit less distressed now, although, oh, oh, she's running over. Okay, oh, apparently that wasn't supposed to happen, I think. Oh, what? Oh, dear. Oh, oh my. Although he is an acrobat, so... That's true. Do you, do you think we should render assistance? Oh, there are soldiers running over now. I'm pretty sure they've got it covered. That's right, and uh, my macchiato would just get cold. Mine's already a bit tepid, although soldiers... Yes. Oh, speaking of which, I think we should head back tonight rather than staying another day here. Oh, I quite agree. Because, you know, the servants are dead now. Yes, and what is life without servants? 
I'm going to miss mine, to be perfectly honest. He was a very loyal companion all through my adventures. And quite strapping at that. Hmm, yes. Though a bit grumpy at times, I have to admit. Oh, well, you're one to talk. <laughs> hmm. And he's looking at you, kind of like, side-eyed, and it's like, you're the one who decided to come on this adventure in the first place. Well, I simply had to see what all the fuss was about. Oh, look, he's on a stretcher. Oh, oh, oh my. That trick must have gone terribly poorly. Although it looked rather good, I wonder if he could perfect it. I do say if he could maybe, you know, roll a little better. <laughs> yes, and not land on his head. Yes, that's quite the difficulty here. If we were to uh, score it like they do in, uh, what are those? Silly games I'd give it a 10 in performance, but he didn't stick the landing quite right. Unless he could land standing on his head without rendering himself unconscious. Ooh, that mm. would be quite good. This goes on for some time. Meanwhile, uh, Hellcat Pauline goes over to Rose and says, I'm gonna go get that engineer to take a look at this. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant idea. I was very concerned. I don't have the means to do that myself. How's your foot? I feel I am on the mend. She puts a hand on your shoulder and is rubbing your back. Okay. I do need to have a word with Dr. Jameson before we leave, though. Okay, well, just keep him away from Zola. I know that, personally, I would prefer someone not sticking equipment in my face after what she just went through. I agree. Okay, so she goes off to find the, uh, the blacksmith to help get her hand put back together, basically. So, Jameson, are you still taking random readings with your laser thingy? No, like, after they, like grilled me and quizzed me and I gave them sort of the bare amount of information that I felt that they needed to be satisfied, then maybe stop for a moment to just have a nice conversation about their favorite Shakespearean stories. So, uh, Jameson is harassing some soldiers nearby, Rose. Well, after that, I decided to go down to see what's salvageable in my lab after this whole disaster went down. If I can get away. So, he's heading back into the house. Because I'd rather have this conversation away from everybody. Okay, so do you follow him? Yes. Or do you intercept him? Well, I'll follow until we're away from everybody, and then I'll call out, Dr. Jameson, may I have a moment of your time? So, I'm going to say this is in the foyer. Uh, sure, but, uh, would it be possible to walk and talk. There's much to be done, and I need to see if any materials are salvageable for my lab after this rather unpleasant situation. All I wish to do is have a conversation, so that should not be a problem. Very well. So she'll follow you. Make my way to the lab in not evasive pace. <laughs> not suspicious right, manner. I don't know. Walk casually. You guys are walking along. She's like, so, Dr. Jameson, uh, you are well acquainted with uh, Margaret Van Fleet? Uh, yes, to a degree. I have been uh, um, working for her, essentially, for some time with her uh, problem with her father. Did you just return from Arizona with her? Uh, I did, in fact. Well, not... Well, I returned from Arizona after going to Arizona with her. She didn't return with me. Does that mean she is still in Arizona? I would say that's very unlikely, because, you know, the reason she went to Arizona was to, uh, leave Arizona. I'm surprised you haven't gone to where she's going, too. Last I heard, you're on the way. I have been incommunicado for quite some time, and I've only just returned, and have failed to ascertain her current whereabouts or, or comings and goings. Where is she going? 
uh, I thought I uh, made that obvious with what I just said. Uh, she's uh, gone to the moon. Wasn't that where you were going earlier? Uh, I have to admit, you have me at a disadvantage. I don't know what happened to you since you failed to get on the adjoining flight. A great number of things. I did not realize Margaret was also on her way there. I thought that was a me thing. Has she already departed? Oh yes, uh, quite a little while ago, in fact. Rose looks obviously distressed and frustrated and like she's gonna curse the heavens and the god above. Okay, so she's basically clenching her fists and like shaking them at the sky. <laughs> you don't know if this is to some deity or whether or not it's at to Margaret. The, to the double deadline shaped <laughs> cloud. <laughs> and like the double deadline shaped cloud in the sky is just like doing like gun fingers like, hey, like down on all of you. Lightning bolts coming out of each one. <laughs> <laughs> So, once I've regained my composure, I'm going to look back to Dr. Jameson. So you were here working with Margaret on her father's problem. Are you aware of anything she was doing with a Dr. Ox? I have to admit, I do have uh, some history with uh, the uh, good Dr. Ox. I think good is the first time I've heard him referred to as such. Are you aware if they were doing anything for me? Not much beyond just knowing that uh, Dr. Ox was one of the people tapped for the project of restoring Margaret's father. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna have Rose roll your alertness and influence. I got a 17. Rose, you realize that when he says what Dr. Ox was signed on for, that he's not saying something. Like, it's clear to you that he's lying about the involvement of Dr. Ox in something. From what I know of Dr. Ox's research, it doesn't seem applicable to what you're doing. Well, unless you were trying to create a new body for Mr. Van Fleet, I don't see how else Dr. Ox would have been involved. That was Dr. Ox's contribution to this, uh... You see, I was unsure if it could be possible to undo the crystallization process, so I simply decided to remove um, Margaret's father's mind and place it within a freshly cloned body. Which we have recently learned was never going to work because his mind is not there. I'm sure with some time and research we could have ironed out all the nasty bugs in the whole cloning process. Doesn't even matter because his mind's not even in there. What did you know, Dr. Jameson, of my particular situation? Uh, I'm sorry, could you be a bit more specific? Uh, being a person and a complex being, I'm sure you have many situations going on in your life at any given time. <laughs> I'm sure Margaret, though, was only working on one. The situation with her father, you mean? Sir? She is, like, seriously starting to look pissed off at you. <laughs> By the way, she's armed. I I have arms and weapons. I have and killers. A, a very... It's in the holster. You can probably tell that I have a very unusual looking gun. And I just ask you to be more specific. I just... I know you're, t I know you're involved with the Margaret father thing. And you're like, and situation. What situation? She's basically shaking you down for, like everything you know. It sounds like she has already made a conclusion and is looking for confirmation. <laughs> I know Dr. Ox is the person who's going to clone the body for Margaret's father, but how do you, what do you know of him? What are you suspicious of him? I mean, I know he's quite a rapscallion, but I want to know if you have any information that would cast him in even worse light. 
I have been given the impression he has cloned bodies for more than just Mr. Van Fleet. Well, of course it is his trade and procession to clone bodies. Procession? Words? Profession! Do you think it would have uh, intercepted with your life? Is there uh, any times where his work has interfered with you in any kind of way? I need to know if he successfully cloned me. Alright, tell me, how much do you know of the great people of the Yithians? More than I care to. Yes, you could say that the Yithians lack a certain bit of tact or manners, but then again, when was the last time you uh, showed some good manners or politeness to, say, an ape creature or an arthropod? We tend to look down on creatures we see as less evolved, and uh, they taken kind. You're skirting the subject, sir. So you've cornered him at the end of the hallway, and he's not, he's just basically a stop talking. Well, I'm just, I'm taking like a breath to like brace myself. I am really, so (sighs) yes. Yes, you, your body was successfully cloned by Ox. And what happened to the old one? I'm sorry to say your original corporeal form, similar to Van Fleet minus the crystallization, was no longer suitable to hold your mind and memories. So Rose will will, will clear her throat. And what was, was the plan for when that body ran down very quickly? Probably the same thing. Create a new body, perhaps an even better body, as we perfect the process of cloning. And you were going to tell me this when? When it was absolutely necessary. Do what? Do... Was it really be a good idea to put such undue stress upon you, the thought that perhaps your body will break down, and also bring up those nasty, sticky ideas of identity that would all come with this whole thing, whether or not the sum whole of your memories and personalities is you or not you, these silly notions of souls and whatnot. I just really didn't want to worry you with it. Rose stands up straight. She just is making herself bigger almost. And she looks at him. She's like, well, unlike the Yithians to us, I'm not a lower being to you. And you had no right to keep that from me. If you hear from Margaret, tell her I need to speak with her and she'll leave. (laughs) She's so angry. So she storms out the front door. Wilson, Rose comes storming out the front door looking like she either is going to or already has murdered someone. She makes you spill your drink. Yeah, like she almost makes you guys spill your drink. She like storms past, like she pushes through you, like between you, and like walks down the stairs. My goodness, my dear. Do we need- Something wrong, Rosie. Yes. She will stop. She'll take a deep breath. She'll exhale. She'll turn around. And she'll have a smile plastered on her face, but it's very obviously not a real one. The one she uses most often with her brother. So Wilson is probably very familiar with it. Mm -hmm. He has a genuine smile on his face. (laughs) Today has been filled with upsetting disturbances and news. And I just have learned one too many things that I would prefer not to know. My dear, did that man hurt you in any way? Not recently. Hmm, but he has hurt you. Get my gun. You don't have it on you. And 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 Gregory just pulls out like the gaudiest, biggest fucking revolver that you have ever seen. Excellent. I need your help, Rose. I've never murdered someone, but I've been dying to try. Rose will look at both of them. She's like, uh, I don't condone murder. But and I'm also in a place where he cannot hurt me anymore. Well, that's something, Gregory says, and he just like slumps his shoulders and is very disappointed and puts down his like massive ridiculous gun. Oh, by the way, Rosie, uh, your Japanese friend is, uh, I I believe he 
is uh, unconscious. Yes, he did quite an interesting stunt. Is it normal for him to do backflips onto his head? I think he did three flips in the air. Yes, it was quite spectacular. We're trying to see if he can perfect it for a show we want to put on. Oh, yes. Rosie, do you remember that traveling circus we ended up uh, becoming friends with? Remember the ones with the knife throwers? They were fantastic. He would get along so well with them. She's kind of letting them run themselves down before she says anything because she can't get a word in right now. Yeah. So, but basically, they've they've let you know that that Daisuke has landed on his head and is unconscious now. She was gonna go look for Hellcat, but now she's changing directions to go look for Daisuke. Okay. Have I been moved? There's nearby. They've set up like a command post for looking over the bodies, but also seeing to you. And like someone is giving you smelling salts now. I'm gonna have you roll resistance. Eight. You wake up, and you are in a lot of pain. Your head hurts very badly. I do that thing when somebody hurts themselves really bad. Like, for me, time hasn't passed, so just... (laughs) No more sushi. And so now the doctors are, like, doing the thing where they're, like, putting a hand finger up and having you trace it. Follow my finger. I keep dodging their hand. I'm parrying and (laughs) I'm fighting them. Because I think it's, like, them attacking me, but it's very slow. Just like... (laughs) Okay, so they just back away from you at this point and, like, and are preparing, like, a bottle of chloroform to put you out again, maybe, if you keep this up. I'm still on the Yithian homeworld in my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in random, weird, non-Euclidean geometric space. Yeah. Yeah. Roll sanity. Nine. Nine. And you have a sanity damage of? Nine. You're able to stop and just, like, be still, but you're not really in a talking mood right now, so maybe words aren't work? Words no work. (laughs) I touch my hand to the crystal. Is it still there? It's not on your head. They took it off. Am I armed? Not with the ones that are apparent, like, not the ones in your sleeves. It's next to you, though, like, with some knives on, like, a setup, like, a random card table next to you, next to the, the cot they put you on. My hand just, like, immediately just goes right for it. and just it, As long as it's there, I just want to know it's it there. It is there. Okay, and I look around. Who do I see? You see the doctor, you see some soldiers, you see Zola with a blanket wrapped around her, like, looking at you, and she's, like, kind of sniffling. The laughter and the hilarious, and the, the kind of laughing in the dark kind of uh, expression fades. <laughs> oh, am I there yet? Oh, uh, yeah, you're there. Okay. I just wanted to, I want to try. Uh, say, I saw. If I were to say I understood, I would be right. But I saw. And I nodded her. Who, Zola or Rose? I'm just, like, I'm looking at Zola, but oh, I know okay. it is Rose is coming, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. I'm going to kill Chappie. Basically, you arrived in, in the conversation just at the point where he said, I'm going to kill Chappie. Okay. I heard you were not well, Mr. Watanabe. Keep in mind, words no work. Yeah. <laughs> I hand you the crystal. He hands you a tiara with a large, gaudy blue... That he's been wearing ever since yeah. we were on Bernard's planet. Is yes. there like a mark on my forehead? Oh, Bernard? yeah. Yeah, okay. there's like a suntan because yeah. you've been wearing this thing constantly. But okay, so roll just uh, a perception alertness. 15. You notice that the crystal is cracked. Oh, you broke your tiara. I am pretty without. You're very dashing without it, yes. As things progress, I'm just going to say, Felix... You fleece the soldiers for another $30, just because you're you. And eventually, there is a series of carriages which come up to the house, just about at the time when the soldiers are mostly 
going. They're leaving a small group there just to kind of clean things up and secure the area, and also probably get rid of that giant death ray. The carriages are unusual in that they are they are horseless. Oh. But they're not steam powered. They are electric powered. Any markings on them? Yes, a white lightning bolt, which is the symbol of the Westinghouse Energy Company. We saw that symbol before on oh, the yes. train car. Oh yeah. Wasn't that on the, the the car that had the creature inside of it? Uh-huh. So the drivers, the three drivers, come out and say, uh, excuse me, is one of you Mr. Worthington or Miss Worthington? And he's basically standing in front of like the group of you. I am a Miss Worthington. Ah, oh, Mr. Worthington, right here. There's the other one. We're to drive you back to Boston. Are we prepared to go? I look around to the rest of the party. Uh, oh, by the way, I telegraphed them, said Gregory. Oh, yes, it was quite an ordeal. We decided it was probably best to go back to Boston tonight. I don't want to stay here another night. So dreary. I don't disagree. But... And covered in blood. Is Hellcat around? Yeah, she's back, and she, she's like, she can, like, was with the, the tinkerer, and she's got, like, hand motion movement again, and she's wearing her gloves again because she doesn't like people seeing her hands. I suppose we should pack our things. Okay. I'm not going to make Zola duty either. She's had, like, a oh, really no. bad day. <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, the last servant standing. You technically have other servants, and... Yeah, but uh, you're you're not... I don't care. I'm working. Yeah. I'm on the job. Just because I, just because I'm stupid, yeah. Just because I'm stupid enough to fucking uh, play with uh, the ill-gotten gains (laughs) doesn't mean I'm not working. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to pack for you. (laughs) Okay. You know this actually might be entertaining. I'll watch. Okay, so you're watching that. I'm supervising. Yes. I stand up. I fall. Okay. (laughs) Then I get back up. And I realize where, where gravity is coming from, center <laughs> of the earth. And I try to go find a trunk with her stuff. And because I know what she came with, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Also, you know the uh, the three uh, what do you call it? The three chauffeurs can help too. I'm just gonna wave my hand right now and say hilarity ensues. <laughs> I pack all the towels. That's all you got. <laughs> Just towels. <laughs> no, I was supervising. I would have like. Oh, okay. Try, try that one, and like I'll point. Basically, <laughs> I grab the blue towels. Pack the meat. <laughs> I, I come in bringing a uh, a macchiato. Macchiato, my dear, you're supervising. It's quite hard work. <laughs> I'll take it, but I'll probably not drink it because I'm already super amped up right now. <laughs> Wait, aren't you hungry? Shut up, I wasn't trying to say anything. <laughs> yeah, you totally are, because the last thing you was one of those silvery packet rations, and that would have only pretty much lasted about an hour, but you are just super hungry right now. Well, there's nobody to make anything right now. But there is a larder downstairs. Anyway, no, I'll go to the larder, and I'll try to find something to eat. And you have all the towels in the house inside of your trunk. You, you left! <laughs> And you left me with Wilson, and Mer- Wilson is not- Gregory is her brother, right? Gregory is packing his Maxim machine gun. Mr. Watanabe, is, is that correct? Today, yes. And I'm very poorly folding a towel into like a sphere. You know, it's weird, it's like origami. Somehow I've made a ball and it doesn't unfold. So I, and I just, I'm packing these weird, oddly shaped, geometric shapes into this, uh, it's like I'm inspired by what I saw and I can't get it out of my head. I feel like Wilson's head is slightly tilting slowly further and further and further to the side as he watches all of this. I say, you did a fantastic trick earlier. You did this backflip thing onto your head. We were wondering, do you do this performance art often? I make mistakes all the time. That was a mistake? 
today. That's fantastic! Oh, Gregory! Gregory! And Wilson what? runs out of the room <laughs> after him. I, it was a mistake! He did it as a mistake! He does it all the time! <laughs> Where's my dynamite? Oh, it was next to the... Oh, well, I'm not going to yell that. That's quite inappropriate. <laughs> I thought I had more dynamite than this. Oh, I found it! Was it next to the thing that I said? Uh, yes, but I was talking about the stuff that actually ended up in the closet. Oh, that stuff. Yes, oh, make sure you do pack that. I would like to use those again. Fair enough. Okay, so that happened. I think everyone is more or less packed, and if someone forgot something here, then it can be used after another weird adventure comes to an end. And you need to have clothes being at a place. I will probably raid the larder and pack basically a picnic basket of stuff. Okay, so you you see some raw meat in the larder. I don't have to roll again? Like, this is just a forever now? Maybe. I have a thing planned. So there's some raw meat just hanging there, and it looks very enticing. But I imagine very messy. Yes. There's also some rashers of bacon, raw bacon. No. Like, <laughs> no. So what do you eat? Is there only raw food in there? No, there's lots of food. Yeah, I'm going for the not rust. <laughs> okay, so there are some... As long as there are other options. There are sausages. Okay. Yeah, there's also... Oh, okay. There's a kidney pie. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing the, the not raw edible food, and I'm eating some of it and packing the rest. Okay, you're doing that. <laughs> How is she handling uh, this feeling of, like... It, like, this raw food looking well, very like, enticing. It's like, oh, that looks good, but it's not cooked. I'm good. As long as there are other options available, that is what I'm going for. Okay, I'm going to say, yeah, you do that. I want to ask if some questions about my lab. Are there any Martian memory crystals left? In, well, I don't Are there any memory crystals left in my lab? Yes, there's one you don't recognize. It's just lying there on the floor. And it's not one of the ones that you and Dr. Ox have been using. It's a totally different variety. One you have never seen before. Oh, I am scanning the shit out of this thing. Roll your crystal science and your alertness. Uh, nine. You don't have any idea what kind of crystal this is, what the elemental makeup of it is, what... Like, it looks like it has to be a crystal, but it can't be a crystal kind of thing. The one thing you're able to know about it is that you detect a very strong disturbance of temporal energy around it. That's going in the pocket. Okay, you pocket the mysterious crystal from out of nowhere. Along with, also in your pocket now, is a huge steaming pile of foreshadowing. Cool. Yes. And I am going to wave my hand and say two things now. One, everybody's packed and are on the carriages, and two... Felix got an additional $40 out of the soldiers. I'm going to also say Dr. Jameson is staying behind in his lab to work on stuff. So, on the ride, the carriage ride, what are the seating arrangements? Uh, Felix, I just want to remind you that there are no horses attached to these carriages. Yeah, that's why I'm not freaking Wait, out. Wait, I'm... Where's Moonshadow? You guys have your oh, horses. You guys want to ride your horses along? I am not no, leaving Moonshadow. He mm -hmm. calms me. He heals me. How many so, distress do I get uh, rid of? <laughs> Hellcat is is riding alongside you to make sure you don't fall over. Yeah. I, As a matter of fact, she offered to like tie your hands to the saddle horn. One. I'll get I'll like I'll get uh, my off hand. Okay. She does that for you. So, 
Hellcat Pauline is riding alongside your carriage, which is probably not going to be the one that uh, Felix is riding in because he doesn't want to stare at that horse. But Daisuke, oh, he's. I imagine he Zola's feels really. Good. He feels really sad without the crystal. He can't talk to uh, Moonshadow, so he's kind of just resting his head on the back of uh, Moonshadow's neck. As you make contact, you hear Moonshadow speaking to you inside your mind, asking you why you're so sad. I can still talk to you. Oh, and then I just keep just I just I start muttering about everything that's happened since I left and everything that I experienced and it's just and he's just he's like giddy and happy and like he can still talk to his uh, to his friend. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, but I imagine it's all sounds like him talking in horse. So uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> Hellcat just sees me just making all these horse noises at <laughs> Yep. I think you speak horse now. So probably just a telepathic connection, but Daisuke can't not make the horse noises. <laughs> it doesn't work with any other horse. But... Okay, fair enough. Okay. So, Zola is in the carriage with you, Rose, and she kind of looks over at you, and she's got like a haunted look on her face, and it's like... Those Githians are really, really ugly. Yes. I probably have, like, my picnic basket on one side open, and I'm, like, snacking out of it. And then I want to have the correspondence I had taken, and I want to continue to be going through that. Sure. I offer Zola anything from the basket. She eats, but she's, like, really distressed. I know that she's distressed, so I'm trying to, like, yeah. give her her space. So if she engages in conversation, I will talk back. No, that's basically all she said. So <laughs> you guys head to Boston, and you arrive at Worthington Place. The servants come out and help you unpack the luggage, one trunk is, like, not sealed correctly and just kind of pops open, and it's just so many towels in there. Where did all these fucking towels... There's even a couple of towels that say U.S. Army on them. Tightly <laughs> bound into these geometric shapes. It's like a polyhedral set of dice is in there right now. Yeah, and it's like, the servants are looking at this like, what the hell is this? So, you head inside, and the housekeeper comes up to you, and... You know, also the, the butler comes up to Gregory and is talking to him about something. I leave my sword in the umbrella rack in the entrance. Oh, with your parasol? Oh, no, the parasol I'm still using like a freaking uh, okay. crutch because of my enough. foot. And so the housekeeper comes over to you and says, Miss Rose, are you all right? Bit of a mishap. Oh, I see. Well, your mother is in the sitting room, in the reception room with some guests. Should we uh, leave she her alone then? She asked me to send you in when you arrived. Uh, give me a moment to freshen up. Of course. I hand her a towel. Okay, Pauline is, and, and Daisuke are there, and they're leaning in. Oh. I guess I have to go see my mother. Okay, they're like, they're like making the, should we kill someone face? Because you, you oh, had, no, no, you, I, you <laughs> had the distressed face, and Hellcat Pauline botched her. I like how I look distressed, oh. and they're immediately, no, I'm not, like, killing. I'm a little too, I'm, I'm a little too unaware to. She, it's thing. okay. She's pushing okay. you in to lean, lean, no. lean. Well, I fall the over. The answer is still. Oh, <laughs> I, I, just, I need to go see. Daisuke mom. falls over, but the towel breaks. Uh, like, make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Yeah, good. Uh, am I dressed appropriately for visiting? Not really. I'm gonna go change. Okay. I'm going to take my time doing it, too. God damn it. Uh, Hellcat Pauline goes down to the servants' quarters to get something to drink. She slaps uh, Felix on the side and says, Hey, want to go get drunk? All right. Hey, Daske, you're halfway there. Want to go get drunk? Where's Zola going? Zola is going down to the servants' quarters as well, to her room. Okay, I'll follow. 
Okay, so you guys go down there, and Hellcat, who has introduced herself to the servants already, knows where to get booze. So that's where Felix and she are. Wilson, Gregory comes over to you and says, Well, they've informed me that we're a bit tight for space. Would you mind if we shared a room tonight? No, not at all. It makes complete sense in my mind. <laughs> yes, we'll, 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 we'll get through somehow. Yes, I, uh, I don't know ever how. These accommodations are just horrendous that they do this. They say they'll set up a, a second bed, a cot. I'll... I'll you know. I'm sure I'll somehow survive. So, yes. They have to hide being uh, being a couple in, fr- in front of the family? Yeah, in quotation fingers. Mostly, like, the servants know, and... It's known, but it's, it's not known, acknowledged. But they're rich, so, you know, they get a Shut pass. <laughs> they get a pass, yeah. <laughs> so, Bryn is upstairs and oh. says, uh, I heard that Zola was not feeling well, miss. She had... Quite a shock today. Understood. And she nods in the knowledge of of u- your usual kind of activities, plus the fact that Gregory was there. That's why I never brought Bryn anywhere. <laughs> yes, and she helps you change. Yay. Okay, so, do you head downstairs? Yeah, I'll change. I'll, like, wash my face and fix my hair and dawdle for as long as possible. But I won't not go because the wrath of my mother would be worse. Okay. So you get downstairs, and you see your mother in the room, and she is there with several other ladies. Uh, the two facing you, uh, you don't recognize. Uh, there is a woman whose back is turned towards you, and she turns around, and it's a friend of yours from college who you haven't seen for years. And you see your friend Rilna, but she's been on Venus for the last few years, and she turns around and looks very excited to see you. Oh, Rose, hello! It's so good to see you again. I must say, of all the people that I could have seen my very first day back on Earth, I am so glad that it's you! And meanwhile, there's a little dinosaur in her lap that she is feeding little cookies from the tea tray. It's one of the kind of spindly, two-legged types of dinosaurs that eat insects mostly, and that rich people kind of imported as pets. Rilna, it is a great pleasure to see you again. Okay, so she says that, but it, it sounds like she's not pleased to see anybody, really. But Rilna, I'm giving her, like, a genuine smile. I probably had a fake one, and it went real for a second while looking at Rilna, and then it went fake again as soon as I looked away. But she looks tired, and she's limping. I have my parasol, though. I'm using my parasol like a... But who's limping? Rose is limping. Okay. And whether or not your mother notices that you're limping or not is not readily apparent, because she taps her spoon on the side of her teacup, draws breath to speak, and that's where I'm going to call it for this episode. Alright, so this has been Ethernautica. I am, as always, your game master. You can follow me at double underscore deadline on Twitter. And today I'm joined by Stylus. I am Stylus. I have been Daisuke for this entire episode. Uh, you can catch me at Hey Laughing Boy on the Twitters. You can catch all of my other projects on SoundCloud on Novelty Stylus Gaming. And Kelly. Hi, this is Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at MikeBKelly. And of course, a special thanks to Mike, who joined us playing the role of Felix Lee. And joining us today as guest players were Keith, playing the role of Dr. Jameson, 
Anne Murphy playing the role of Wilson. Also joining us today as voice actors were Emily playing the role of Hellcat Pauline and Novelty playing the role of Zola. All music used in this podcast were made by the very talented Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. All information and credits in the show notes. And don't forget to check for the review of this episode on EtherTalk, which premieres one week from now. All right. And uh, thank you for joining us all. And you can also follow us at Ethernautica on Twitter. Bye-bye. Like a new podcast. <laughs> Blackjack and hookers. And Mandahorians. <laughs> They're fetishes. Yeah, but are they Django fetishes or Bobo fetishes? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Nice. I just realized we have an untapped market right there. <laughs> yeah. A, a Star Wars themed titty bar mm. that also serves Boba drinks. Oh my god. Kelly, I need this slash fiction. Dad, where did I get my name? I named after my favorite drink. And what about my sis? What about my sister, breast milk? <laughs> my second favorite drink. Oh boy! Oh, and there's a blooper right there. Yeah, Fresh breast milk. <laughs> Wait for it in an episode coming soon. I want to science the crystalline form that was Richard Van Fleet. I want to science. Okay. Roll your alertness and your science. Everyone stand back. Will He's physics help me in this? Science. Yeah. <laughs> Sparks would be the best character here right now. I want to We're in the middle of the woods. 16. How did you make a bomb? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should fill her in on what happened with the crystal. Okay. And it's like, is that is that just me being a little too obsessed with this crystal? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which crystal are we talking about the now? The sapphire. Oh, okay. It's like, here's what happened while you were out. Bam! <laughs> Slammed into her head. If you headbutt her, I think Hellcat Pauline will stab you. Yeah, Hellcat's right there. Hellcat's right there. While you were gone. Has she already departed? Oh, yes. Uh, Quite a little while ago, in fact. I want to throw something at you. <laughs> That's why Corndog is here. No, I don't want to throw Corndog. I adore Corndog. I'm mad at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Why must Corndog suffer for you? <laughs> Anyway. I got an 18. <laughs> um, can I spend a, uh, two plot points to make it a uh, 19? Yes. Can he spend plot points Shh. to make his 20? Yeah, he can. <laughs> does he want to? Because I'm pretty sure I have more plot points. We have a running gag about Rose never getting information that she needs. So <laughs> <laughs> This is a war of plot points now. So it, He hasn't said he spent any. Okay, so... Keith, are you fine with that? Well, what do I have to do if she wins this role? Oh, nothing. You don't have to do anything. But she realizes that you're lying about something. All right, then I'll bump it up. I can't... I can't let... If people know I'm lying, it means I'm not lying good, and I can't let that happen. I have to be very good at the lying. Okay, how many plot points are you spending, then? You'd have to bump it up at least by one plot point to tie... Uh, I have four, so I guess I'll do two to override. Okay, so now it's at 22. I'll do two more. 
Okay. And we have 23. <laughs> Do I hear 24? <laughs> <laughs> Will I tie if I add only one more? I think so. Yeah. They're just going, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> How many plot points do you have left? I have more than you. No. <laughs> She's been saving up. God damn it. GD it. I need to know if he successfully cloned me. I sort of. Aw, oh, shit, Jameson. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah, I'm de- I'm fucking cats. I like to think that they've made their way into the end of the hall and she's just pushing him (laughs) further and further toward that window and there's no way out. And in the background, you see Lee and then then coming up behind behind him is uh, Hellcat Pauline. And then they they just push uh, Daisuke's uh, unconscious body down the hall just for effect. Murder murder hobos unite! (laughs) For okay, so. shape of no, <laughs> when you said cats out of the bag, I just imagine this fucking tabaxi just clipping through the wall, sliding with paw. the double, flipping the double birds, <laughs> and then, sli- then going right into the next wall, Don't even, not even stopping. <laughs> is this dramatic enough for you, Deadline? Oh yeah, this is super dramatic. I love it. Wait, wait, I lost track of that. I didn't understand what that sentence was. Her body was not good for being a body no more. That's what I understood okay. it to me. <laughs> gotcha. So we got you a shiny new one. <laughs> Come down to Crazy Ox's used bodies and porridge. <laughs> I hate you. So- now, I need your help, Kelly. Tell me how you murder someone. I, uh, Kelly, Rose. fuck. <laughs> I, let me try that again. And I am going to wave my hand and say two things now. One, everybody's packed and are on the carriages, and two, Felix got an additional $40 out of the soldiers. Wait, I want to go shopping. (laughs) No! (laughs) Everyone's going to Boston now.